welcome to the Maddest Touches. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. Welcome back to another episode of the Midas Touches. We're back. The flat is back. The jumps are well and truly out of the way now. Nothing in between us and the 2000 guineas apart from the Greenham Stakes at Newbury this weekend. Uh, But first, looking back at what was uh, a pretty eventful weekend over at Aintree with the Grand National taking place uh, amidst the aurora of protest from anti well they're just sort of i think animal rising is the is the group but before we get into that 50 episodes of the midas touches what a what a milestone it feels like we're just at the start yeah i think it's 50 because I, I, I to be fair i wrote that on our email uh, at the start of this week and i think it's 50 but we may have I don't know, there may be some accounting issues there. But but it's, it's more or less 50, so, you know, we're around ballpark figure. Yeah. Great, great effort. Um, yeah, half a, half a century. Very, very... Pretty, pretty cool, that. Yeah, it is, it is. And we're just getting started as well. Uh, the Grand National was... I mean, it was probably the most dramatic race that I've seen in recent years. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, possibly it was, and there were obviously a lot of things that went on, but do you not think it was so heightened the 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 scenario anyway that you really really noticed and i actually find out matt chapman made quite a good point on it just saying like you were almost like going to every fence like praying that nothing happened yeah it was it, it was praying and it's it's really difficult looking back at it because we obviously know quite a lot about horse racing we know the fact that protesters delaying the race by 10 minutes may have had quite a big effect on some of those horses i'm sure if you've been in the parade ring you would have seen sweat coming up on the on the horses' girths, um, you know, around their their saddles. Uh, it would have been quite uncomfortable for the horses in the in the parade ring because it's quite a, te- uh, it's you know, it's a high an atmosphere of high tension at that point. So it, it it's sad, and it's sad that uh, Hill Sixteen came down at the first. Um, but we'll never know what would have happened had there not been for protests. I think the bottom line is now uh, the race is going to be in the public eye more than ever going forward and um i mean do you think that there's a potential that the race could actually be stopped in the future the grand national more so than any other race i think is is one that we need to keep a particular focus on um i mean like some look at it as like the ultimate test of a of a thoroughbred racehorse um it's four miles two so it's an absolute marathon trip uh, and it's over some very big obstacles so it's obviously a, a it is a very big test um whether it's too harsh a test i, I don't know like I, I genuinely looking at that through the lens of we need to protect this sport and make sure that people don't have ammunition to to, to go at us like that kind of race is the first thing that you should be looking at because not many horses finish horses die you know we yeah. we do so much to protect horses and the grand national has been tapered back in 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 many ways you know the, the fences aren't as big as they used to be um but 
yeah it, it is a tricky one it's a really tricky one that and um uh, maybe maybe i'm saying that in a bit more of a um impartial way because because i don't like the flat as much and and for, for people uh, for, because i don't like the jumps as much and, and for people who love jumps racing that's sort of their yeah bar cheltenham that's their pinnacle right i i i think so i mean for me the grand national's always been a, a huge moment on the sporting calendar <clears throat> just after the masters getting excited about the summer it's it's that big spring race and it, um it's a good point as well actually like it's it sort of transcends horse racing as a sport like yeah like so many people watch i was talking to one of my colleagues who was like i don't really know anything about horse racing but i watched the grand national for for some almost unknown reason like he just watches it because that's sort of what you do like people people know what the, the grand nationalism is as an event and people just get together and like oh let's let's watch the grand national let's do a sweepstake let's you know have all that stuff so actually it's great coverage for this sport it really yeah. is in many respects but it's but, showing the showing the worst of it yeah yeah and and it does make horses dying look, look like the norm as well which is not good and then you've got and the, yeah yeah exactly so for someone who's watched just one race this year which is the grand national they're like shit well two horses died during that race does that happen every race and of yeah. course we know that it doesn't but but maybe that's also not explained very well like I found it quite frustrating that you've got people like AP McCoy, uh, you know, speaking after it. And like, look, he clearly knows a lot about racing, but he's equally just the most biased person one way. Yeah. And and he was making very, very poor points on... Yeah, I think he lost his cool a bit, he, didn't he? He, he did, he did, he clearly did. And he was basically saying, oh, we, we shouldn't even entertain them. And, and like, they're so closed-minded that, that, you know, they wouldn't even listen. It's like you're doing exactly the same yeah. as what you're protesting that they they're doing so he got it all wrong and then you've got people like kevin blake for example who are very eloquent when they speak about it so we need to we need to choose the yeah. right spokes spokes people uh, for yeah well. and i i i think definitely um and i i think also there should be a proportionate platform given to the argument you know let's say it's only like they've got twenty thousand followers on twitter you look in all of the comments everyone's against them mm. there were only about 300 people that turned up on the race day yet they're being shown on national television and they're allowing people to 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 talk about it in front of the masses basically without uh, an answer for the opposition so it's yeah i think that the the media outlets need to do more as well to make sure that readers are informed of the fuller picture yeah d debate should never be one way but i do think that these um these discourses are really important actually as well so yeah yeah no they are they are and um you know it definitely makes you think more about the sport that you're involved in um i hope the grand national continues um i'm sure it will yeah i think so, i think so and, I. and i think also you know if you're going to come at a sport like horse racing at least come knowing what you would do with the horses at least come having having been to a race yard yeah yeah um which clearly none of these people have done yeah and and that's quite broad stroke but yeah i do take your point i think like it, it is something they're really they're really failing to understand that if you if you just retire all thoroughbred uh race horses they, they they don't survive in the wild they need to be cared for and like what who's going to stump up the thousands and thousands of pounds it's going to take to do that like it's it's completely unfeasible you, you and know, you're also getting rid of a species that was 
is only in the world for one purpose which is to race you know it's in their blood they have yeah. to have specially uh special nutrients in their food they have to you know have specialist exercise routines they're not normal animals and i think the uh the animal rights activists often confuse them with a horse that can just lie in a field all day it's yeah genuinely i think that is a good point as well like like it's that failure to to differentiate between mm. a, a race horse and just a horse you know yeah the kind of horse that you'd see at your like village fair or whatever yeah exactly exactly well luckily this is about race horses <laughs> and one race horse who had a big um last few years at staying trips Trushan was beaten on return last week we're also recording on thursday night just as the craven meeting has wrapped up huge huge couple of days for ammo racing uh carl burke winning with indestructible today you were there on course what was the atmosphere like how was it back at <laughs> hq it was it was it started and i and i was so glad to be back and it was it was a subdued day as, as the craven usually is you've got the sort of hardcore racing fans there there's yeah. no real party atmosphere um but but to be honest for what i was there for that was great um got to do loads of the proper racing stuff looking at the horses watching all the races in depth and um I had a really nice day there. Obviously, for those of you following the Instagram, will know that uh, it wasn't so successful on the tipping front. Um, really need to look back at my uh, at my strategy there, have a well, proper review of uh, what went wrong. I think I just struggled to tip on the Roly Mile. I've got it. I've I've said it before on this podcast. I know, but it's my favourite race course. But I can I've struggled to tip away. It's it. It's difficult though. It's difficult track, especially at this time of the season. So I difficult. think a lot of the horses coming back, having not had a run for a few months. Some of them have, some of them are fit, some of them have been to Dubai. So, mm. um, you know, it, it's not easy. But uh, we'll we'll look ahead to to Newbury, where hopefully there'll be more success this weekend. Yeah, uh, the horses yeah. to follow, however, have been going well, especially for you. Mm. Laurel was yeah. successful at Kempton, mm -hmm. and Point Lonsdale coming back after a bit of a uh, layoff in ireland to to win as well mm. uh, so good I've to got, see those flying so i've got 100 percent on my on my horses so yeah far, i'm not sure point lonsdale was in your he, two no he but, wasn't he wasn't but but as in sorry uh, those were the only ones i mentioned that have run i yeah. think so so i'm pretty happy with that native trail had some good words said about him by charlie Appy uh over the week as well during the craven uh he's going to go back over a mile which i think is brilliant we sort of discussed that um yeah on the podcast and i think that'd be a really positive move for him he's about eight to one eight to one for the queen for anne the queen anne which is which is big could be a huge opening to the royal ascot meeting that it, on the tuesday that, that is big right yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's big i mean all it's got to take is native trail to to run once and win and yeah. you know his favorite uh in, in my opinion yeah um so so yeah maybe you know if you're keen to have an anti-post bet maybe if we're going to glastonbury later in the week and you want to fill up your coffers uh <laughs> native trout eight to one at the moment if he stays fit it might be a bit shorter than that on the day if charlie's right um let's get into the racing this weekend we have the greenham which i know is one of your favorite races <laughs> given that you i think saw frankel run there <clears throat> when you were younger no not true you didn't go you went to the guineas and saw frankel run though uh or no, just just no. ask it for frankel's last ever run correct there go. that's the one. got there in the end um we're, we're going to be covering the, the john porter stakes the fred darling the greenham and the spring cup four races 
this weekend uh, for us to go through. The first of which will start at 1.30, which is the John Porter Stakes. Hurricane Lane, currently favourite, 5-6. to six. Mojo Star, 4's Max Vega. Uh, last year's winner is 13-2. to two. Isra, 15-2 for the Gosden team. Lone Eagle, 14's. Surrey Miss, 20's. Grand Alliance, 22's. And Farhan is 66-1 to one for Phil Kirby. I mean, it's an interesting race. There's a few sort of coming back with things to prove. It was very heavy ground at the end of last season. It's still going to be quite soft for this race here. Hurricane Lane uh, was a, was placed in the derby, lost a shoe. Mojo Star was second in the derby. Um, Hurricane Lane won the ledger. Lone Eagle second in the Irish derby. Some proper, proper horses here mm. uh, at, at this one mile four trip. A race which has been won by horses that have stayed well, gone on to gold cups and, and horses that have also run well in the ledger before. So... Uh, a high quality field how do you see this one going i think i think you've nailed it there it is a high quality field um looking at hurricane lane and, and mojo star both at the top of the market there they are two um very talented horses there's no doubt about that um i think hurricane lane disappointed really last year um he, he failed to win in his two races um Having having previously had a really stellar three year old um, season, uh, where I, as you mentioned, he he won the Ledger, um, won the Irish Derby as well, didn't he? And and, and then uh, placed in the Derby. So yeah, he had a fantastic three year old career, um, but wasn't so straightforward clearly as a four year old, and and didn't really make it to the track all that often. And and that was actually the same with Mojo Star as well. Um, has clearly been hard to to get ready for races. Um, so I think in that sense they've they've still both got a bit of vulnerability about them, and maybe for that reason you want to look away from those two in the market. Um, not to say that either of them can't go and win; they've both got bundles of talent. But um, I thought it is tricky because I I initially like Max Vega. Um, I think that Max Vega loves it around Newbury. Um, has got a good record. Uh, including winning this race last year, I think. Um, and also the soft ground that I think it will probably likely be yeah. uh, on Saturday um, or could be drying a bit. But uh, yeah, anyway, it, it's not going to be any on, on the other side of good anyway. So um, I, I thought he was perhaps interesting, um, though obviously last year's race was a weaker renewal, I would say. Um but then we did speak about um, Lone Eagle, who interestingly has been bought by Mark Chan. Um, this would be his first run for for Rafe Beckett. Um, now he was he was a neck second to Hurricane Lane in the Irish Derby, which, if you then look at the prices, and and he's what about fourteen to one to Hurricane Lane's five to six. Yeah, I think that that's probably he's a bit overpriced um based on the bare form of that um and he he's been running in really really serious races and and sort of actually putting out some pretty good shows so he'd definitely be interesting i think it's fascinating that mark chan's bought him um the one question mark i had around him was that he has been beaten as a favorite on seasonal reappearance uh the last two seasons so it's difficult to know how he'll cut how he'll turn out for this one today um Rafe Beckett's not exactly in stellar form um 
so that doesn't fill me with confidence either on that point um but at the prices maybe maybe lone eagles one to look at i don't have a strong selection to be honest because i like the top two in the market but i, I just think no i wouldn't be backing them because because they've you know they, they've proven that they're you know susceptible yeah to. it's a race with a lot of unknowns uh and for that reason i'm moving on uh the two the, the 205 is the fred darling stakes uh some exciting horses bridestons was impressive on debut at yarmouth comes in his favorite for the gosdens at nine to two magical sunsets fives alongside swing along remarky for rafe beckett is 11 to two olivia maralda for the varian team sixes soul sister eights Stenton Glider is 12s, Mottas Font 18s. We'll leave it there for now as um, there's some question marks around the, the ones lower down in the market. Uh, I think Swing Along is interesting here. I, I would find it really hard to, to back Bridestones after that debut run just mm. because of the form of the ones that... Um, that he beat isn't great. They're all rated, or she, sorry, she for she, I correct myself, uh, aren't great. They're all rated about 76 and 75. So uh, quite difficult to back her with confidence. Mm. Also, it's not, you want a bit more form in the book, uh, horses for the Fred Darling. They, they, they usually have two runs or more, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Magical Sunset, interesting. I, th- I just think Swing Along's one that I really liked last year. Listeners of the podcast will remember that I, I tipped up Barefoot Angel when that one won uh, up at air. And um, Swing Along beat Barefoot Angel pretty convincingly. I think it was the start before that. Uh, and then Queen Me after that went and, and ran in the, the Cheveley Park, the group one. And came fourth behind a really talented field. Lazou mm. Meditate, his favourite for 1,000 guineas. Morge, who is one of my horses to follow for the season. And then swing along behind those. Mm. Carl Burks had a, a good start to the season. Won the, the Craven Stakes today. And um, yeah, I think look, you're, you're going to be taking a punt wherever you, you play in this race. Because they haven't really run this season apart from, I think, the one right at the bottom of the market for the, for the Bell team. So, you know, you're going to have to swing at one and I'm going to be swinging at swing along. Uh, what about you? Nice. Um, yeah, well, I certainly agree with you in the sense that I think swing along has got the best form coming into this race. Um, that fourth in the Cheapy Park is very strong, as you as you suggest. Um, and, and I think that's the best form in the book currently. Um, whether that will be, you know... St- that whether that will stand the test of time, I think we will find out on Saturday because there are a couple of nice unexposed types in here um, who are entitled to improve. Um, obviously, also worth noting that Alcohol Free uh, won the Cheveley Park on her um, final two-year-old race and then went on to win the Fred Darling uh, as a three-year-old. Um, so it is a it is a, a well-established route into this race. Um, the one I did like, I I I thought actually, um, and looks like Amma Racing have got Guinea's hopes coming out of their ears now, um, with winners in both the Nell Gwyn and the um, Craven Stakes at uh, Newmarket this week. I thought that um, Magical Sunset looked quite nice, to be honest, um, and at around five to one, may have been ever so slightly overlooked. Um, this one beat uh, Sarkir on debut. Um, and Sarkir 
you may or may not know is now eight to one for the two thousand guineas. So so um, highly uh, highly thought of for the for the Varian team, um, and she she then she went over to Ireland for a really valuable um, a valuable race over at Curra um, and finished fourth that day. But she was she was badly hampered early on and could have probably finished up a bit closer um, had that not been the case. Um, I think she's going to relish the seven furlongs on soft ground uh, as she's been seeing her race out really nicely. Uh, and then, yeah, on her last run um, of last season, she was a course and distance winner by five lengths. So she always takes a, a lot. Always a good sign. Or, yeah, always a good sign. I think she takes a lot of boxes in my mind. Um, and yeah, with with the way those connections are going at the moment, you could see her running a big racer. Yeah, they definitely are going well. And uh, Richard Hannon's had a good record in this race as well. Right, that is the Fred Darling covered. Let's move on now to the Greenham Stakes, where we have the very impressive Dewhurst winner, Chaldine, coming in here off the back of four runs unbeaten since his debut fifth. Four to six favourite here. Knight, six to one. Charon for the Varians is 12s alongside theory of everything for the Gosden team who won on debut at Doncaster at the start of the month Isaac Shelby 14s alongside Streets of Gold Zoology 16s for the really banging form James Ferguson the Riddler who won the Norfolk Stakes at Royal Ascot's 20s Gray's Monument 22s Classic 33s Wiltshire is 66 to 1 it's been a race that has favoured favorites over the past 10 years uh i think only one horse winning outside of sort of like four to one or something which was uh i think actually william buick rode the winner that day so um uh you know a horse that favors market principles and clearly chaldean a very strong favorite here do you think uh it's it's as good as that yeah i feel it might be business as usual in this race uh in the sense that uh, the favourite will prevail. I do like the chance of Chaldean and I know a lot of people, a lot of quite shrewd people like his chances for the guineas. Um, so this should be pretty routine for him, to be honest. Um, I don't think the strength of the opposition is massive, if I'm completely honest. Um, I'm not really sure about that horse, Knight. Uh, I think he would be second string to Sarke for, for those connections. Um, and the betting would suggest that as well for the guineas. Um I thought theory of everything looked potentially smart uh, on that debut at Donkster, having not really done everything right and did learning on the job. Um, but this has been a race where you um, have needed to have a couple of runs at least. So I'd be surprised to see him do well, but but he's clearly got talent and maybe one for to rem- uh, one to remember uh, further down the line. Um, who else in here <laughs> too fair the Riddler uh, seems a bit overpriced at 25 to 1 for a, for a Royal Ascot winner he won the group 2 Norfolk um, though admittedly that was at massive odds of around 50 to 1 uh, and I remember we were on Wallbank that day do you remember yeah on Wallbank as yeah, yeah yeah that, that, that was uh, that was a shame that one that noble style form and I actually genuinely didn't think that horse could get beat but he did get beat by the fucking Riddler um so that was annoying. Charon, uh, yeah, also, sorry, on the Riddler, I, I think he's probably looks more of a sprinter. He's done most of his racing over five, only once raced over six furlongs. Uh, and then he's on unproven on ground, worse than good. Um, 
Charon's drifting like a barge, even though he did win well in a group two in France um, on his final start of of last season. And I think he is um, crying for, for a step up in trip. Um, but yeah, I would again worry about the variant form um, for, for that one. I don't think I could um, necessarily put him up with any confidence. So it really goes back to Chaldean. And, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, his form in beating Indestructible twice last season, um, including in the Dewhurst, um, has, well, now since today, looked really, really good. Uh, so I think Chaldean should win this, uh, and he may even run quite a big race in the Guineas, having um, having shown um, that he can handle the Royal Mile. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Chaldean's a leading chance, um, should go in. Market is really, really strong as well seems to be weak on everything else i think the only one that maybe at a price you could have a little poke at each way zoology james ferguson seems to be training his very very well at the moment and um the one that zoology beat covey came out uh next time uh this week and won pretty convincingly on the rolling Mm. mile so um mate they clearly thought a lot of that horse as well last year you know straight into the middle park after one run yeah so uh, I think, look, I think zoology is maybe interesting at a, at a bigger price. But to be honest, Chaldine has been massively impressive. I was I was on him in the Dewhurst. Uh, I think it was nine to two, got absolutely smashed off the boards, went off five to two in the end because uh, Nostrum was a bit of a drifter mm. for the stout team. Nostrum taken out the 2000 guineas now. Mm. Uh, Chaldine is, uh, yeah, it should be should be a really good race. This the the green mistakes. And um, hopefully a, a proper Guineas contender, whatever wins this, the the Greenham's been a, a nice trial for the uh, for the Guineas and uh, some good horses coming out of it in recent years. You know, the likes of Mohatha, mm. uh, Chindit. Um, yeah, it's a great race. <laughs> good horse, yeah, Chindit, I'm not sure. Um, it's just a right to fair, but uh, yeah, I don't know, mate. I Barney like, Roy. If I'm completely honest, I don't really see... Uh, a guineas a guineas winner in here but let's not say it's not it's not going to happen and i kind of hope i'm proven wrong but i don't i don't i genuinely think there's quite a lot of bang average horses in here frankly yeah yeah but it, i mean look it's a group three it's nothing like it's not an amazing it's not meant to be an amazing race no but hopefully yeah. sets us up for the guineas weekend uh let's move on to the big betting handicap on saturday at newbury the uh spring cup sponsored by bet goodwin Latam is currently the favourite for the Haggis Marquand partnership. Big money for this one. Fours into five to two. Al Reb uh, is sevens. Saga eights. Brunch nines. Tens for Atrium alongside Jimi Hendrix. Aussie Banker fourteens alongside Bear Force One. Dawn of Liberation and Galiac. Gaelic. Revich is 16. No, no, it's Galiac. Toy Me Son is 16. Bless him, 20s. And Great Max is 25 to 1. I mean, this is this is a, a great race. I think in recent times, last 10 years, definitely having a run at Doncaster seems to have helped. And um, for that reason, you know, I looked at the Lincoln quite a lot when I was going through this race. Uh, I, I wouldn't discount the chances of Revich. I think at a big price is quite interesting. Ran in this race a couple of years ago uh, off 94 and, and finished fourth 
behind Nugget, only two and three quarter length. Um, yes, had a five pound claim on that day. It was off 96 actually, so effectively running off 91. Mm. Uh, but a good run there. And uh, not not an awful run in the in the Lincoln under Holly Doyle, finishing ninth behind Migration. The two in front of Revich on that day were Bo Pedro and Empire State of Mind, who filled the one-two in the handicap at the Craven meeting this week. So I think there is some, uh, you know, there's something in that form. And uh, for that reason, I think Revich definitely will give a run for the money. And uh, the other one, I think, is is Brunch, who although is, a, you know, uh, towards the top of the weights, I think like third, third in the weights, uh, has had a ru- ha- had a run already this season at Doncaster, but in the listed race, uh, drops into a handicap here. William Buick takes the ride, which is definitely a positive. Doesn't ride too much for uh, Michael Dodds, but when he does, the last time he rode this uh, horse, he won in July of 21 uh, at Pontefract. So I think the Buick jockey booking is a plus. This one has got close in big handicaps off high weights so yeah brunch and revich i think are, are interesting ones for me I, w- I want a horse that's fit today uh, uh on that let's go to you yeah yeah you led me in really nicely there i've um chosen a horse that hasn't had a run this season and has only ever won once in his career <laughs> um no to be fair i do quite like the chances of saga in this race um at around the 10 to 1 mark for for John and Thady Gosden. I think um though he has only won uh once in his career and that was as a as a 2-year-old. He's he's run some really really good races. Um probably most notably at, at Royal Ascot in the Britannia when he was ahead behind Thesis who you'd back that day or you'd tip that day. Um but that was that, and backed. And backed. <laughs> and backed Definitely right. backed. Uh which was uh which was a good run um and some of his two two-year-old forms outrageous like he won one race uh at ascot and then he, he'd run twice at uh newmarket on the july course finishing second behind modern games <laughs> and second behind caribus so he finished behind a 2000 guineas winner and a multiple group one winner as a two-year-old um he then actually went and ran against behind Maljum as well. He's actually quite a highly rated horse that wasn't seen for the rest of, of last season. Um, but anyway, he is now uh, off a mark of, of 102 with Benoit de la Sayette taking off a further £3 um, for the King's horse. The handicap king as well, Benoit. He genuinely is, mate. If you want someone to to ride you a ride you a big uh, big race handicap, he's the man. I, he's genuinely pretty good. Like migration in the yeah in the Lincoln, as you mentioned. Um, so he is definitely a positive jockey booking. Quite an interesting one for the king, um, Benoit. After getting his cheeky little ban for <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you know, it just shows that using some uh, class you know. A drugs. He is a forgiving man, the king. The king, yeah, Either absolutely. that or maybe he's not paying that close attention to his horses these <laughs> Perhaps. days. Perhaps. Or he turns a blind eye to these things. Yeah. I and I guess another, you know, Algiers, that. Me. So sorry, this is what I was about to get on to. Like his last run uh, in October of last year uh, was at York. And though he did finish fourth that day, it was only two and a half lengths fourth. And he, he, did, um, uh, he did start slowly. But uh, it was a pretty good race, and he finished only, as I say, two and a half lengths behind uh, Algiers, who 
given what that horse has then gone on to do in Dubai uh, over the winter, um, that form's looking pretty pretty damn good. And um, given Saga's gone down a pound in the weight since then, and then we'll have a further three pounds taken off by Benoit de la Sayette, I think this could be a great opportunity for Saga to get his first win since September 2021. Yeah, well, fingers crossed for you. Um, hopefully the gelding operation works. Give him the snip. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll get his mind on, on purer things, I think. Saga's clearly got a dirty, dirty mind. Um, uh, that, that ties up the Spring Cup. So it's brunch and revitch for me and Saga for you. It is going to be an epic weekend of racing. It's difficult. It's definitely difficult punting. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if you're on the the side of Chaldean for the 2000 Guineas, I'm sure you're going to be watching the Greenham closely this weekend. Uh, we wish you guys all the best of luck. I think the next time that we are going to be coming back potentially will be just before the uh the guineas mm. if not maybe we'll have a, a, another episode before that um but yeah i think we were we were thinking about having a um a little hiatus before the guineas just because that's gonna be such a huge weekend it is it um, is gonna be it, it's gonna be a big one uh, and we'll probably have a, a three-day uh warm-up for that which is gonna be which is gonna be ever so exciting um that's it uh, a, an incredible episode let's get the winner in the greenham come on the chaldean and uh yeah that's all from us it's goodbye from me tris and it's goodbye from me charlie goodbye